this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Welcome to the award-winning Interest in Health and Safety podcast, making health and safety as important as everything else we do in business. And now your host, health and safety specialist, mentor and speaker, Colin Nottage. Hi there, Colin Nottage here and welcome to the Interest in Health and Safety podcast. Today I'm joined by Ruth Denyer. Uh, Ruth has worked for ITV for many years and is just in the process of moving over to Netflix uh, that's going to be a really exciting opportunity for her. You know, the uh, the company that the only rule is there are no rules. Um, it's going to be really uh, fascinating from a health and safety perspective, you know, to see how that works out. Um, I'm not going to say any more. I'm just going to introduce Ruth and then we can have a, have a bit of a chat at the end. Thank you very much. Welcome, Ruth. Mm-hmm. So are, you, are you OK? You've just sort of given us a, given us a bit of that and then we can uh, we can get into some of the some of the juicy stuff. <laughs> I most certainly can. Um, so I'm Ruth. I have been working at ITV for a substantial period of time. Um, I've been working in safety for about 22 years now. Um, I did my very first degree in safety. And I think uh, what I love is applying. So I'm an applied person. I love the theory, but I love more than anything trying to work out how to make it work within an organisation mm-hmm. and actually how to use safety as an enabling tool and then pull it into the wider management of risk within an organisation, because it's one of the risks you manage, along with many, many other things when you're working in a global organisation. And I think what I really am passionate about is always learning, and certainly there's a lot of learning to do in the safety space. Over uh, over the past 10 years, I've learned a lot about different approaches and different ways to do safety and try different things in the areas of safety and I think that's really been it's made it a much more interesting job for me a much more fascinating job and it's taken it to where I really wanted to take my role but I didn't realize that's what I wanted until I kind of became a little bit more liberated and started to look more at different ways of approaching safety and risk within an organization I think that's really that's really interesting and really fundamental you know for me I think you know learning is just it's just so important and and you know and and I think a modern health and safety professional needs to be somebody that that spends time listening to listening to people listening to podcasts reading books whatever it may be you know it's it's, you know it's part of your continual continual development and, and it's not um you know it's not about um you know, it's not just about being stuck in, in the ways that you've always been. You know, it's about challenging, isn't it? Challenging new ways and new, new ways of doing things. It absolutely is. And I am an absolute sucker for buying a book, reading about half of it. And then I've got a pile of books by my bed that I am going to finish reading at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Because I always want to read about the next thing or listen about it. I think there is a piece where you have to manage your ambition to learn more to what is actually viable within your day-to-day life. I have missed commuting as well for the past six months because I always used to listen to podcasts or read a book on the tube which was an hour each way and now I don't have that time in my day and I've really noticed that that I don't have that time anymore okay I mean it's interesting you say that is it is it you don't have that time or is it that you you that that that's dropped down the priority list a little bit because you haven't got any less time have you you know I've got less time I've got well we had the children at home for five months so they're quite demanding actually (laughs) um and also obviously work's been quite crazy and what you find is other other things do take precedent and and you don't feel able 
it feels like it's a luxury to have that time. And when you're commuting, you've got nothing else to do. So mm-hmm. it's a luxury afforded to you. Yeah. Whereas I think when you're just at home and you're surrounded by other things that could be done, like, mm-hmm. well, really sitting down and reading a book is a luxury in my view. Mm-hmm. And doing that on the tube, you're kind of multitasking. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I get that. I must admit, I mean, like, you know, I, I know what you're saying. I mean, I, I used to drive loads with my job, you know, I work, I work all over the, all over the country. And mm. so, and so having that time in the, in the car, um, you know, to listen to things that sort of has disappeared. But um, I suppose, you know, it, you know, what I try to do is I still try to set some time aside to, to, to listen to things. But um, fortunately, most of our kids are left home now. So, uh, <laughs> ah, so. yeah, you see, that's the difference. <laughs> Little people and COVID is quite a demand. <laughs> They get more. They get more demanding in different ways. So yeah. <laughs> normally, normally finance. But uh, mm. yeah. So I mean, so you work in um, you know, you work in a very, very creative sector. Um, yes. Yeah. So I mean, you know, what, what's it? What's it like working with people that are sort of really sort of out there and a bit uh, maybe a little bit wacky in places? I don't know. What's it? What's it? What's it like? What I uh, what I love and what I think has kept me absolutely in the creative sector is the challenge of really understanding what people are trying to achieve because they have a creative vision and that vision will be different dependent on whom you're working with what type of content it is what kind of program they're trying to make and so really understanding that and then having proper conversations about how you can manage risk in different scenarios and actually just trying to make creative visions happen and then trying to give people the tools to think about things themselves. And I just, I think it's brilliant because it challenges you every, and everything is different. Every single day is different. That's why you kind of, you end up, you never ever have the same day and you never, ever, ever, even before COVID got to the end of the things you thought you get to the end of during the day, because someone else is trying to do something else somewhere in the world. No, that's right. I think, I think, you know, one of the, one of the challenges that we've always got is, um, is you never you never achieve as much as you want to in a day, but if you look back at what you've achieved in the last year, you just sit back and you go, "Oh my god, how amazing is that?" And it's really it's really weird, isn't it? How tell you know how you can be really successful on a on a on a big level, but uh, but feel sometimes that you've you've I don't want to say you've failed, but you haven't you haven't achieved everything you wanted to. And I think that's so important. And I've kind of learned that. And I've, I would be guilty of not doing that sometimes. And one of the things with my team um, it is to spend that time reflecting and saying, hey, guys, look at what we've managed to do mm. and kind of structuring it and making sense of it. Because often you are completely a side wind that hits you that you have to deal with. And that becomes the most important thing. But actually reflecting back to what you've achieved. And it's quite it, like you say it is astounding sometimes when you look back as to what you can do in a year or six months or whatever it is that you have to turn something around in mm. so i mean i think one as well one of the i suppose one of the things that you're up against especially you know with itv is if something if something does go wrong it's pretty big headlines in it you know <laughs> you know and when you think about you know some of the i mean again i don't know how involved you get but some of the things that some of your artists try to do you know, are quite, you know, are quite uh, risky because it makes good viewing, doesn't it? <laughs> and I think, and this goes, but when we very first started looking at talking about kind of the training and if it's 16 years ago, we started talking about how we trained people and how we talked about safety and risk, you have to talk about reputational impact because actually in terms of the, yes, obviously people don't want to hurt people. 
but actually one of the big other impacts on the on the organization yes it's fines and all that stuff but really what it is it's the reputation of the business and actually what's interesting is people will decide that different levels of media coverage are okay for them and not that it would be a negative story but they don't mind so much being in the press and it depends what you're making and where you sit and where you want to pitch yourself do you want to be a challenging content do you want to be something that's very simple for people and easy to understand so it's quite interesting when you start to talk about what risk and we go back to the what risk is worth it conversation with people because actually what are they willing to take on to get this content through so when i mean you know i I come from uh you know i come from an environment that's very very much sort of engineering and manufacturing you know so i you know i I can clearly see right you know the the people that we that we need to that we need to influence obviously the people at the sharp end but but also the management team in in your in your structure then who is it is it a director is it a producer i mean who who are the the people that uh that you have to influence most it's about it's a, it's everyone, but okay. I would say one of the big one of the things we've looked at a lot is the where the autonomy really starts. Mm-hmm. So trying to really get hold of that, where does the creative autonomy really start from? Mm-hmm. And there, the, the people who really have that role and they have that autonomy are the people we really need to influence into thinking about how safety risks will play out, how they're going to manage safety. And then you have the people. So you have the people who make stuff happen the production management community and you have the editorial who are the creative community so the editorial community need to understand the risks whereas actually what the production management community do is really put in place the plan for how they're going to manage them but what you can't do is one without the other you have to have engagement from both sides Um, so I would say what we've tried to do is engage probably higher up there's a middle point there's a sweet spot in the organization that's between the we've, we've said oversight and ownership of risk and it's where that ownership starts that you really need to engage with people because uh, that oversight's important, but there's a bit which is the ownership, which is where we start to see you really make a difference if you engage with those people. Mm. So what's um you know so you're I mean you're you, you know you're quite a big advocate of the of sort of the, the new the new view or whatever 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 we label want, it would like this whatever, week. <laughs> whatever we want to call it you know I mean I just I just I just feel that you know that it's 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 about just better communication. That's that's what I that's how I look at it. You know, it's just getting really, really good at communicating with people. What, what do, you know? What do, what were the big sort of takeaways that you've got from you know sort of sort of this this new this new view? I think it's uh, for me part of it. I think learning more about new view, safety differently, kind of articulated some of the ideas that I'd built up before I came across those concepts and you know the the value of books and books of procedures that sit on walls that then are there to protect you as an organization if someone claims against you if you get an audit but actually what impact are they having can you really sit in a room and write a procedure if you don't really know what's happening on the ground and can that really be viable for many, 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 many activities going on in different places that probably have different constraints around them. And I suppose the value of safety as a function, are you always there to tell people how to do it or are you there to enable people to think through how they do things and to support them in their thought process? And the other bit I always get to is because in TV production, you could come across anything any day of the week. So people will want to do different things all the time. So you cannot be a technical expert in everything that makes content because you go from 
shark diving through to jumping out of helicopters through to special effects. So what you do is you have experts in fields. Mm -hmm. And I think what you become aware of is you need to help people steer that and navigate that and get the right expertise. But you won't always have the answer because you can't. Mm -hmm. And I think as you go in as a new person in safety, you kind of feel like you should have the answers to everything Mm -hmm. because someone's going, I'll ask health and safety how to do that safely. Why would I know? That's right. That's right. And I think for me, it was a lot of other, but it was also, it was liberating as well. Because if you get away from being the people who just write the how the rules down, and you start talking to people more and understanding more what it is people are trying to achieve, mm-hmm. and making the tools useful rather than just compliance based, mm-hmm. you then end up in a much. I think you end up in a much nicer place actually. Mm-hmm. And I suppose it's you know I think you're totally right. You know, working in an environment where you know where people are are really comfortable to talk about to talk about stuff you know to talk about issues you get you get so you get so much more benefit benefit from that mm. have you have you ever had a situation then where you've you know you've you've looked at something and you've just thought this this ain't gonna happen <laughs> you know <laughs> we can't you know or is it always do you always go in with with the thought of saying well yeah come on what have we got to do to make this happen? Does this sound so... Uh, that's uh, much more where we're at. So can yeah. you tweak it? And and to be honest, my team do lots of this now and they are brilliant at this, which is yeah. the bit where you engage in the conversation and you kind of think, okay, this is what you want the end. But how do we get to the end in maybe a different way than the way you perceive to begin with? Yeah, but yeah, also, yeah. I think there's a piece there that has to be the pragmatism about, okay, if you do want to achieve this, there are quite a lot of stuff we're going to need to do beforehand. What kind of budget are we working to? Because yeah. at some point you have to talk about that. Yeah. And I think the thing that is most important for our team and for my, is to be able to articulate actually what the risk is. So when someone says, well, and you kind of get to that end point, this is the way we can do it in the safest way possible, but you still have a risk mm-hmm. involved in doing that. And how do you articulate that? How do you articulate it easily, simply, quickly? and impactfully not using lots of jargon and all those other which is one thing we've been trying to unpick a lot of in how we report and how we talk about what we do is taking away the jargon talking in a way that's concise clear to the point and really engages with people have you, have you got some examples of how you've done that then you know how you've got rid of the jargon what sort of what sort of things have I you don't know, it's even basic stuff like so when i about five years ago i started reporting into the secretariat fun- function at itv so the company secretary um and she taught me so much because I'd even write, like if you had a, if you had to write the significant learnings from an incident that happened and you had an injured person and you write IP because all safety people write IP. Mm-hmm. She was like, what are you talking about, Ruth? What's an IP? <laughs> Investor proposition. I was like, no, no, it's injured person. She's like, why do you write that? And I thought it's just, it becomes part of your language and ACOPS and all those things that you just talk about because they're part of your language. And actually they don't add anything to the story. Mm-hmm. And part of, I think, one of the other things that I learned a bit was engaging people at the beginning. So why am I going to read any further? You've got to start at the top of why am I going to read any further? So mm-hmm. praise stuff really quickly, get to the point. We use a lot of bullet points. Mm-hmm. We use a lot of just, you, know, you have to be aware that if you want things to land, people are getting loads and loads of information. So really just tell them what they need to know and don't, make it more flowery than it needs to be i think you know i think you know it's 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 really about it's about finding the language that the people that you're communicating with really understand and Mm. you know yeah i had a i had a a, a recently i do a bit of mentoring with uh with with a really nice guy down in kent and 
and he said he was really struggling to engage with the senior management team. And when we we just talked about it, you know, he was he he wasn't you know they were very very driven by the financial performance of the business, extremely mm-hmm. driven by that. So I said, well, start talking in that way then. Start talking about what you can do that can have a positive impact on that. And he's and he's come back and he just said, oh my god, you know, they're they're, they're listening. Find your find your hook is always the thing, isn't it? I think the other thing is, I guess for us, a lot of it's been actually for moving away from trying to use numbers or specific data to explain the risk profile at any point in time. Use Mm. words, use language, tell a story. Not a long story. It doesn't even like give a story in a sentence or two. Actually, how do we start to make sure that what we're saying people can engage with and understand? Because when you're looking at reporting, I genuinely believe that the purpose of reporting is to help people ask the right questions. So yeah. we put the information there so then they can look at it and go, okay, what about this? What about that? Or they can just understand more what's actually going on. And so do that in the way that works best for your organization. Like you say, it might be numbers driven. It might be that sentences work better or prose works better, mm-hmm. but it's kind of trying not to make it a dark art as well, isn't it? You sometimes feel like safety becomes a bit of a dark art, and actually, you need to get it back to the simple stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I call my podcast the Interesting Health and Safety Podcast because people tend to find it really boring. But when you when you start to look at it in the in the way that your science look at it, well, you know, what an amazing what an amazing mm-hmm. job, you know, that you can go and you can just talk to people about about helping them realise their dreams, you know, which is really what you're trying to do. I mean, what you know, you, you mentioned a word right at the beginning, enabling. It's so important, isn't it? You know, you're you're there to to be the to almost be the oil that makes the that makes the machine work in a in a health and safe way. And and that's a massive shift than it would have been. To, to, I don't know. Twenty years ago, safety yeah. was more about checking up that things were going right on the floor, and you'd go and check the controls were in the right place. And actually, that bit about let's not be someone who goes and checks the controls are in place. Let's help design and think about and manage that risk at the very early stages and one of the things we've really focused on is moving the conversations upstream if you like so when you have a concept talk about how you can possibly deliver that in the safest way possible or what controls you need in place what mitigations you're thinking about actually sometimes what level of risk you might need the business to accept to do something because sometimes you can't mitigate all the risks involved in something Mm help enable people to do that and put those in place and actually your job then isn't about policing them your job is about empowering people and really shifting that round does make this job so much more interesting <laughs> do you do you find though that i mean you know that i mean the, the engaging at the right of the start okay is, is really great but does it also you know mean that 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 maybe there's time that's spent when things actually are never going to happen you know what i mean you know, <laughs> And so there's quite a lot of time that you're spending on projects and maybe ultimately don't get commissioned. I mean, does that does that happen much or? I think you're learning anyway. So even if it's not the project you're talking about, you can be guaranteed that five years down the line, someone will have a similar idea and you'll have that pool of knowledge. Yeah. And so one of the things we've been working on with the team is how we capture that knowledge and expertise of the team, really. So how do we get this stuff that we learn over time and keep it for the business? So not procedures and documentation, but... How do we put that in a format that everybody can engage with and learn from? And we've looked, we've got an internal kind of source of knowledge for the team, but also the business facing one that is a website that has loads of information about all the different things we do all the time, from videos to 
kind of things you need to think about if you're planning to do this, that and the other. So I think even if what you're talking about at that point in time doesn't come off, there's two things that come out of that conversation. One is, A, you're trying to help someone do it and they will remember that and they will come back at their next idea. Mm-hmm. And B, you're bound to have someone come up with a similar thought process at a later date. Mm-hmm. I've heard the uh, I've heard this term source of knowledge quite a few times recently. You know, I'm, I'm working with some guys uh, on a project at the moment where they've got a load of a load of information that uh, that they that they can drop into. And I think you know it needs to be really well indexed, doesn't it? You know, I think that's one of the things that uh, it does. And I would say, and my team would reflect back to me. That's probably not my strong suit personally. I come up with all the great ideas, but the filing is not my natural strong suit, but I do understand its importance and what you have to do is teach yourself to do it more. And actually as team grows, so if, you, yeah. if you're if with two or three people, you can talk about stuff. As people, if you get natural churn, you do mm. lose, if you don't capture it somewhere, mm. you lose that expert knowledge that you've got in yeah. the business. So actually it's quite an important thing to be thinking about how you capture that. Mm-hmm. So you say you use videos a lot in that, you know, it's how the are you are you looking you know are you looking to use you know sort of like video conversations in, instead of instead of doing the the normal risk assessment you know with a severity of five and a likelihood of three and all that that malarkey do you do you just sit down and, and, and record people talking about the jobs that are going to be happening is that, is that we you... haven't done it structured yet so what we do when we're talking about and the the, the team deliver training around kind of risk management and we talk about the fact that the the, you need to record your significant findings from your risk assessment. You can decide how best you record it. We're not going to tell, so we'll give people a selection of tools and they can decide which one to use. So it could be a video or it could be a word form. It could be a spreadsheet. I have yet to find something amazing out there to do it on. I think there's a great development opportunity for someone who's great at technology. Um, yeah. It's probably not me. I've got some great ideas, <laughs> but some of them are a little bit out there. Um, but I do think there's a great space for it to move into. We've used video massively during COVID in terms of getting messages across to the teams. Mm -hmm. So things like a masterclass in how to manage COVID on productions that we've done internally, a lot of Q&A sessions that we've videoed. Just, it's so easy. Once you've got used to the fact that you can make a video on your phone and you've got Mm -hmm. the way to communicate, post that through the business. Yeah. Such an easy way of getting information out to people. That's Mm -hmm. much easier to engage with as well. Yeah. than an old-fashioned procedure mm. you know i think you're so you know they're so right I'm, I'm we're working with some guys at the moment where we've we've just said look, let's rather than doing a written risk assessment let's just record the guys chatting about how they're going to do the job Ooh. and you know and then we might you, you, nowadays even you, you can transcribe out a video now so you can you know you can put it clever, into, isn't it? yeah you can just put it in <laughs> get a whole lot you know so if, if you want the written document you can have it but really what you've got there is you've just got something that, that that six months later, if that job comes up again, people, if they go and watch that video, it's going to be so much more interesting than, yeah. than reading a, a two or three page bit of A4 paper. <laughs> there's, there's, there's and I think that goes to your point about kind of actually this is when indexing and all that stuff becomes very important because when you need to look back and say, oh, we did a job like that a while ago. What did we do on that one? It'd be really good. And thinking about how you how you use this new technology, but how you keep indexing and making sure that everything's, and kind of for me, that's where this central function becomes really useful is thinking through those things. So if we're going to give people new technology to use, how are we going to support them in using it in the most efficient way, longer term, probably? Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really interesting place to be is when you start to say, okay, well, we don't have to use all these 
drop down forms and auto populated word documents or auto populated systems that tell you a whole load of controls that you're never going to do mm. i think you know i think there's a you know for me i think one of the things i'm learning that there's a place there's a place for for that kind of control so if you if you want to keep a track of when you're when your fire risk assessments and need to be repeated or when your noise survey needs to be repeated or your lifting equipment needs checking, you know, there's a place, there's a place for that. But, but when you start to come to, to the stuff that really is talking about the personal side, the personal side of health and safety, then I think we've just got to embrace this modern technology because that's what people are used to using, aren't they? You know, everybody, yes, everyone's it's got so enabling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that. Uh, so, so what um you know where where do you you know where do you personally then want to take take your your safety journey then what you know what things are you trying to put what boundaries are you trying to push at the moment from a health and safety perspective that may be a little bit different to what a, a normal say normal a traditional normal. <laughs> well, as an abnormal thinking. person what she wants to do I I really believe there is in I, I really believe in people owning the risks that go are involved in the activities that they undertake for whatever purposes they undertake them so it might be creative ambition it might be making a profit it might be viewing figures in our case whatever the reason whatever success looks like to you what risks are you willing to take and then you own them and you understand them and you understand what you can do to mitigate them and I think not safety not being someone else's problem that's my real bugbear is safety isn't what a department does and they do it for everybody for everything it's actually part of doing something well and effectively is managing that risk and owning that risk and real deep ownership of it's not just kind of at the operational level it's up through the organization what are you willing to risk in pursuit of whatever success is to your organization and does everybody know that? Or is there different levels of acceptance within the organization? And I think that for me, that ownership is so important because it feels like the safety team and function was kind of steered away from that for a while. And I certainly spent a bit of time about six years ago unpicking the bits we were doing was, why are we doing this now? Why are we the people who go and check that fire extinguishers are still in date in their mm. inspection? Because really... I can be adding much more value elsewhere and that can be someone else's someone else is checking these buildings why is the safety team just checking that single part of these buildings mm. and so for me it's really that piece and, and how you give people the tools to understand the safety risk how we communicate in that way and then how we help businesses achieve mm-hmm. what they are set out, setting out to achieve because mm. if you you know if you can make that if you can make that process of, of check-in really really simple and really really straightforward then then you don't need a fully qualified health and safety professional to do it. You just need somebody that's good at good at. And who's doing the other thing? Who's who has ownership of that yeah. part of the business, wherever yeah. they are? So mm-hmm. that bit of embedding it within and it not being an add-on. And I feel like, and I don't know a lot about the journey that HR's gone on and people management, but what I do know is it feels you used to much more get the the department to look after your personnel issues your hr issues and now as a manager they might support you but actually they are yours to manage and it's your team to manage and that's how it should and it kind of feels like that's the journey that safety needs to go on as well which is it's part Mm. of your activities but Mm. also genuinely i don't believe anybody wants to hurt anybody 
I no. think that, you know, I think that's kind of fundamental. I mean, obviously, there are some people in the world, but let's say the majority of people that I come into contact with, I work with, nobody wants to hurt anybody. It's It happens because you aren't managing the risk properly or you don't really understand it properly or it's lots of other things, but it's not an ambition to have. People want to be in an environment where people don't get hurt mm. or as much as is humanly possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, it's, um, you know, I think, you know, getting that, um, you know, getting that, that, ownership in the right in the right area is really really fundamental how do you get that you know you know it's it's probably I wouldn't say it's easy but but engaging with with the management teams in businesses tends tends to be easier because they they tend to be more used to talking in in groups but when you get down to the to the the people more at the sharp end how do you in your business engage you know engage with the people at the you know, at the sharp end. So, I mean, I'm just trying to think of, you know, the guy holding the boom, the sound boom, and the, the guy on the camera. I mean, how does that, how do you I engage? Think, I think we've done quite a lot of looking at how you do this in kind of open conversations and not conversations particularly about are you following a procedure, kind of are you doing what the risk assessment says, but the bigger conversations like what was your best day on set this time, what was your worst day, what do you find most challenging, what was is the one thing you'd change if you could, and we've done a lot of work. To be fair, my team have gone out and done a lot of this. It hasn't been me directly because I've been <laughs> writing board reports every five minutes. But yeah. actually, that skill set of just having a conversation, it not being driven by, are you doing? Because it feels like it can be a conversation that's, are you doing what you should be doing? And that's not right. It should mm-hmm. be, how is it working? What's good? What's bad? What's indifferent? What's different about this job than the last job you did? Mm-hmm. And then again, the richness of knowledge you get from those conversations. And do you know what? It might not be a safety thing that comes up. It might be some other issue. But yeah. at least you're flushing it out and you're helping to identify mm-hmm. where there are those pinch points and those challenges. And often they are broader than just the one singular issue, aren't they? Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I think, you know, you know the value, the value of being able to get these, uh, you know, get these pinch points, getting these things that, that, that are affecting the business, whatever way they are. Getting them out and getting them talk spoken about is, mm. is is just is gold, isn't it? Because yeah, absolutely. That's where the success is in the business is by people being able to then say, right, well, what do we what do we need to do about it? You know, and, and not saying this is what we're going to do about it, but what do we need to do about it? You know, and, and then yeah. having that next conversation, then, isn't it? That, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So no, that's um, that's 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 really that's really 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 interesting. So what I'm, I mean, you know, one of the, uh, you know, one of the things that you have obviously is, is members of the public that, that, that are sometimes heavily involved in, in, in what you're doing. So how do you, how do you go about, how do you go about sort of managing that? Because you, in a lot of cases, you may well not have had any interaction with people that are turning up to, uh, you know, to a particular event that's going on. I think in the same way as kind of anything, really, it's just part of that overall plan, isn't it? Whether or not they are people who've worked with you for 20 years, the people who've come on on the day for and they're recruited for the day, they're members of the public who are actively involved or who are just watching, you plan for their experience, their knowledge, what they're like, how they're likely to behave. Do they need more information? Do they need briefings? What, what's our experience of how people do behave in the environments mm-hmm. that we put them into because you learn a lot through experience mm-hmm. and I always when I was actually years ago when I was at the Princess Trust where I was before ITV um, I I became 
really interested in, oh, this is really dull, Section 3 of the Health and Safety Work Act, because that bit about you're responsible for everyone affected by your undertaking, and it hadn't really grasped how big that was until I was doing the role there because they ran a lot of volunteer programs and then you ran Party in the Park and all sorts of things. That is huge for a small charity. Mm. Everyone affected by your undertaking is massive. And actually, although we don't use the law and we don't talk a lot about the law, sometimes it's really important to remember that we're not just talking about our employees. We're talking about Mm. everyone who's impacted by what we do or involved in what we do. Mm. And I think... I don't think safety people think we're not. I think it's something about health and safety that people tend to think it's employee related. And it's up to all of us to keep on reminding people that wherever you are in the world, you're not just talking about employees because you're not just doing it to comply to a specific part of the regulation. And even if that wasn't written in the regulation, the right thing to do is to think about how people are involved across the board and, and work out what mitigations work for those groups of people. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's that is, it's it's really it's really important to you know to have that that bigger that bigger picture of, of what it is that you're what it is that you're having to deal with, but also how you're gonna how you're gonna manage that and you know not just focusing, even though you need to focus in on the the minutiae at certain times. You know, it's it's being it's being aware, isn't it, of what's uh, it's having that focus, but it's also having that awareness and having that awareness and and kind of taking it to the broad nature of what we can do and what we're able to do and then again that's where those interesting conversations come from because Mm. it's a much bigger role or bigger consideration than people think it's but it does amaze me how many people still think health and safety if you're doing health and safety you're just talking about employees or people who are contractors yeah Mm -hmm. there is there is so much more I I, um, I, I don't work with with many sort of I suppose customer-facing uh, organisations. You know, a lot of mine are, are manufacturing, production, and manufacturing. But there's still, you know, there's still there's still an impact that's that's coming from from what they're doing. You know, because mm-hmm. they're ultimately they're selling their product to, you know, to people who then interact with it. Yeah, you know, so, absolutely. You know, so it goes so it goes a lot bigger than that. Going back, going back then to to a point you raised earlier on about um, you know, about about how our our profession is, you know, it, it's been a little bit blinkered, I suppose, in 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 its way of thinking for a while. And, and you've you've sort of, I don't know if it's seen the light, but seen seen a way that you're you're comfortable with. And I think that's you know that's that's what it's about. How do we how do we as a as a profession then you know get people to you know to be to be more engaged and, be, and to be seen as more as an enabler rather than a rather than a, a police function. What, what, do, what do you think we need to do as a profession? I think it, uh, fundamentally it's what people in the profession want to do. So if they want to change their role, because I'm speaking for myself in that I want to not to be a police force and I want to be in the neighbourhood. There may be people out there who actually want to be the, that police force role and kind of that's their call and their choice. Um, if you are, I, th- I think there's so much to learn about safety, about organisations actually, about organisational risk. I think I'm, I'm particularly interested in psychological safety and the Amy Edmondson stuff because I think it all links together. And, and I'm probably what you'd call a nerd about this stuff. So mm-hmm. that's maybe, maybe we need to encourage people's inner nerd. And actually, I think the ability to let go of things, so to, to believe that stuff does evolve. And because you were doing something one way eight, 10 years ago, it doesn't mean you were wrong then if you change it just means thinking's moved on things have changed 
I when I got to ITV 16 years ago, I if I wouldn't do the same things that I did then now because I know more and the world's moved on and everything's changed and I would focus hone in on different parts and probably not spend so much time writing procedures and not worry as much about issue numbers and folders of information as I did then. But it wasn't wrong then. It's just there's an you evolve is one of our favourite words and I think it's so true. In so that's evolve. 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 And yeah, it, yeah. it is. You you have to evolve, and you have to be allowed. You have to allow yourself to. Because mm-hmm. I do think it's quite hard when you sit there and you go, "Oh my god, I, I really I believe in this." Hang on, does that mean everything I've done before that was wrong, or mm-hmm. does it mean it's just brought me to this point? Mm-hmm. And I think that perspective is really important. That yeah. nobody's saying everything's wrong. People are saying maybe there's a new way of looking at things now. Mm-hmm. So things like I suppose if you take back to your point on. How do you record a risk assessment? Well, you can do it in many more different ways today easily than you could 10 years ago. So you've got so many more options available to you. Mm-hmm. Grab them. Yeah, that's right. That's Why right. not? Yeah, yeah. You know, and there isn't, you know, there isn't one size, there isn't one size fits all. There is, there is what's appropriate to the environment that you're working in. And I think, you know, a lot of what I see is a, there's a lot of big business, you know, that have got multiple sites and multiple operations. Try try and impose these uh these these ways of doing things because they think you know if it's if it's right on one side it must be right everywhere and and in actual fact you know i suppose the question is is well whose benefit are they doing that for are they doing that for the benefit of the of the individual on the site or are they doing that for the benefit of themselves because potentially it might be easier to to monitor and yeah. I, and, I, and i think that this is not often the latter and that's, that's the wrong way of looking at it you know it should always be how can we make things better for the individuals that are doing this they're doing the work that they're embracing the risk that are, yeah. that are working alongside it you know i think that's sorry i, I, I do this sometimes i don't ask questions i just i just ramble on so again you know so you know where you know you're um, um you're just going to be continually sort of pushing pushing those those boundaries then and trying to find new and better ways of 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 getting to this 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 result of of engagement i suppose is that what you it, it's real engagement i love the the ability to how you communicate with people i think is so important so we've spent a lot of time looking at all our training courses and programs and we did a piece called leading risk back in 2016 that actually i was on a course at london school of economics um, around organizational risk and managing it and it was a brilliant course and the person one of the uh, academics teaching it worked with us on the training course we started to develop with an ITV and what I spent a lot of time and it really made me start to question how we train and talk to people so not just training but the sessions we run and this kind of if you say to someone do you want to hurt people the conforming answer is no nobody wants to hurt people so why do we kind of even go there why don't we start to talk about what does success look like to you and what yeah. are you willing to risk to achieve that success you get such a much richer conversation if you frame it that way then you go do you want to hurt people no we don't well this is what you then need to do and the other thing we've moved away from a lot is talking about the law because i mean the law is i love a bit of law it's really good and i can i think it's really interesting the law and all the bits and pieces that make up to make the regulatory framework but actually if i'm trying to get you to engage with safety I don't want you to just be doing it because the law says you can do it. And probably that's not the strongest reason for you to do it and engage with it. The strongest reason will be the stories that we can tell 
the conversations we can have and how we can bring it all to life rather than just the legal framework because actually people don't just people don't do safety at its best just for compliance reasons they do its best because actually they want it to work and they want positive things outcomes to happen so you found then you've had to invest in your team to get them more comfortable in able to ask these better questions i i think it's a it's a constant it's a moving feast so at the moment we've probably got some people who are much more comfortable with it naturally and other people who aren't I think it's an area that we will need to focus on um mm-hmm. I'm lucky I've got a brilliant team who I genuinely think kind of self-select into the industry because it's a place where you need to be able to talk to people <laughs> and you need to be able to have those conversations but I think the skill set that needs to support a safety professional now is very very different than the skill set I would have had and I mean I studied and maybe not every single lecture I went to, but I did go to the majority of them, certainly in the second and third years. Um, but <laughs> I did three years worth of a university degree in safety, organisation safety management. So that's a lot of learning you do around the edges of what you would learn in a diploma. And actually a lot of that learning around the edges becomes the, how do you have the conversations? How do you make sure that you're communicating properly, really understand the workplace? And you, I realise now looking back how much I learned about even management systems. Because you still do need to know those nuts and bolts, even if yeah. you're doing this stuff, yeah. you need to build it back into how does the management system really work for the organisation. And I think you know it's you know it's very much about um, you know again when you're talking about changing language that you mentioned about earlier, it's even it's even back to the management system reflecting that, isn't it? So you know so we talk a lot more about about learning from events rather than investigating accidents or you know yeah, or whatever yeah. you know whatever it may be and it's just it's those reviewing subtle changes in our really, world. Uh, reviewing rather than investigating we said yeah. review them I'm, I'm not sure if that's just a bit of gloss but you know it works and we've looked at kind of even the the pillars of our management system what they're there for so what we talk about because we had used to have one based very much on the 18,001 framework and actually the way we explain that to the business didn't work so it's more how do we explain what are the key bits of the management system so education expertise processes so how do we get that in a way that works for our business today and actually that's when you have to really and we've worked with a brilliant internal comms person to help us do that because actually it's not a safety put I, I need to explain what I'm trying to do and then someone who's brilliant in that area can tell me the best way to communicate it yeah, and I think that's a that's a big piece. I I can remember a few um you know a few months ago I I interviewed uh, John Green, you know, and we and we were we were just chatting, and I think he 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 said he suggested I have a chat with you, and um um and he said you know one of the appointments that he made was a was a marketeer, you know, into his into his business, you know, into his group, into his team, because it's about getting that it's about how we get that message out in a in a, in a positive way, you know. And, so important so even to covid at the moment so we've every business has got their key messages they're trying to get across and they're very basic the ones the government are trying to get across but actually we went to our marketing team and said we know what these are and we know which ones we need to stress and we know we want people to have each other's backs and and actually can you can you do us a poster and a few key lines and they've come up with something really good but it's also it's in our business's tone and our business's language so that's the thing isn't it you have this and it's not my I can I can do it a bit but I'm not as good certainly not as good as these people who do it for a living so as a safety person why would I be that marketing person 
I'm not. That's right. And I think then, you know, this goes back to this goes back to the point you were saying right at the beginning. Sorry, my, my dog's going crazy in the background here. I do apologize. <laughs> but um, um, you know, you know, a health and safety professional doesn't want to look themselves themselves as an expert in everything. You know, they they, they can't be an expert in, in every single piece of legislation or piece of law. So so don't try to be an expert in in getting that message out, you know, engage with and use people that that's exactly what they do. And then you and, sorry, I was gonna say I would say as a community. I think there's an amazing community of people that if you you build up around you but also I think people are really willing to help each other in this space so Mm -hmm. I've talked to so many people from so many different organizations and backgrounds through the last few years about things we're trying to do and shared war stories and stories about what works and actually it's kind of having it's being able to ask the question because if you ask for help people will give it to you sometimes by the bucket load that you go hang on a minute to it but actually I think it's it's really important to remember that that I I genuinely believe it's a really good community Mm -hmm. yeah no no, I get that Uh, you know we um you know it's the more I'm the more I'm getting exposed to talking to to people like yourselves and and other people that are that really sort of embraced a, a, a you know sort of a, a, a slightly new or different view on on safety the more i i believe that all that's happening is we're just creating some really amazing places where people can go to work and can and can can succeed and be successful you know mm. and, and what we need to do is we need we need to enable people to to, to be the best the, the best version of themselves that they can be you know by yeah. by, by listening you know by listening and and, you know, and just see what they got to say. That's mm-hmm. no, that's really that's really great, Ruth. I mean, I I, I really appreciate your, your time today. Just um, just a quick, how, how do how do people get hold of you then? What's the what's the best way that uh, that somebody can get hold of you if they want to uh, if they want to catch up and have a bit more of a bit more of a chat about some of the I would probably say the joy of LinkedIn. It's got everybody yeah. on it everywhere, and it's quite an easy way of reaching people. I think. Yeah. Yeah, okay. but yeah I just think it's I think we've all got we're at a really interesting moment and there's so much out there to learn from and it might not be what you think is obvious I suppose and mm-hmm. I have learned so much over the past 10 years probably maybe even more focused on the last five and just mm-hmm. try different things as well because mm-hmm. I think we get scared of trying don't we yeah that's right I think we kind of think and also there isn't <laughs> That one person hasn't got this nailed in no. that there's not one answer anywhere that no. you, you will try stuff things mm-hmm. will work some things won't work and it's being able to kind of move on and learn from the things that don't work mm-hmm. focus on the ways that things do work mm-hmm. and yeah I guess that's kind of for me that it's it's constant it's how you say it's constantly learning that's uh that's that's great hey Ruth, thank you ever so much. Thank you ever so much for your, for your time. It's been uh, it's been really, really in, in, interesting chat. So really appreciate that. Lovely to speak to you too, Colin. Thank you so much for your time, Ruth. Uh, it was lovely talking to you. Uh, so, so much insight and so much so many interesting concepts. I I love what you said about um, about you know when you're looking at risk. You know, don't don't get hung up on the numbers. You know, use simple words, simple sentences to uh, get the point across or to explain what the risk is, what the hazard is, um, so that people can understand it. And I think that's great. You know, putting a load of numbers in front of some people just doesn't work. 
you know so it's about uh, it's about supplying the information in the way that is right for the for the person who's receiving the information so i love that i loved um what you just spoke about a new technology how you bring bringing new technology into the workplace and 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 using it to to help people to to understand what it is that uh, that they're doing and um and again seeing your role and your team's role as as enablers as as people that are there to try and help the business be successful in whatever it may be you know and and people coming up and saying you know we want to do this and it could be totally outrageous what they want to do but actually saying okay then well how do we make that happen you know being part of the team that actually makes something really really outrageous happen okay you might have to pull them in in certain areas and just pull it back a little bit but ultimately if people can see their 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 vision see their dream successfully played out then that's um and yeah, that's got to be really really great for for them as individuals but also for the business Hey, look, um, I really, really hope that things go well in your new role at Netflix. It's going to be absolutely exciting as anything, um, you know, getting into that business. And, um, and I look forward to chatting to you again really soon. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Interesting Health and Safety podcast. You can follow and engage on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching the Interesting Health and Safety community or go to www.influentialmg.com. And remember, let's make health and safety as important as everything else we do in business. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available, as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Colin Nottage. <laughs>